in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. I wasn't signing my autograph, I tell you that. I talked to a lot of officials, and we're all human beings. He's a nice guy. That's all, we're just talking about, you know, golf. That's all we were talking about. All right, is this a believable story or not? If you haven't seen the video, there are two referees, Jeff Lambert and Trip Sutter, who after the Panthers and Buccaneers game, got Mike Evans in the tunnel and handed him a piece of paper, and Mike Evans wrote something on this piece of paper. Without any context, it very much appears to be getting an autograph from Mike Evans. You just heard Mike Evans say it, they weren't getting autographed. They were talking about golf. The NFL says they weren't looking for autographs. Uh, Tom Pellicero tweeted out, Mike Evans and side judge Jeff Lamberth both went to Texas A&M, and Lamberth was getting Evans' phone number to pass it along to a golf pro to give Mike Evans lessons. Lamberth didn't have paper, so he borrowed it from another official. Do you believe that? Yesterday we said no to begin with until this explanation came out. And then I said it's hard to make up this explanation. So I started <laughs> to move over to the side that I actually believed it. It is a lot of it's weird It's a lot of details. weirdness to make up. Right. Um, which I agree with you. That tends to make me believe it more. However, okay, there's two things that make me not believe either potential situation here. Number one, if you were going to have Mike Evans sign something, you wouldn't have him just sign a little slip no, of paper, right? No. You'd be like, oh, I've got a game ball, or oh, I'd sign my ref jersey, or something. Like, you wouldn't just hear, here's a piece of scratch paper. So I, I almost believe it wasn't an autograph. But at the same time, why the hell would he have to get Mike Evans to write his phone number on a piece of paper? Like, it's, it's 2022. Well, that's, that, that's more believable, though, than the autograph. Is it? Like, when's the last is. time somebody wrote their phone number on a piece of paper for you? Hey, uh, we wrote some checks last night. How about that? What? Yes. To who? That's not important. Who, is, who even <laughs> takes checks Well, anymore? they better take them because that's how they're getting paid. The U.S. government? So if they like their money, they're taking the checks. And if they don't like the checks, then too bad. Man, I don't know the last time I wrote a check. Do you have checks? Somewhere in a closet, I do have checks. Okay. I think it's got. I think it's like two addresses old, though. Oh. Like it's got like two houses ago. As long as it has your routing number. Oh man, I, I have not written a check in a long time. I've gotten a couple of checks. And but... you just deposit them. You like, just take you a picture of them, right? Yeah, the actually, you just is, take a picture yeah. of them. My right now, sitting on our kitchen counter, is an eight dollar check from our bank that. The bank sent my fiance, and they said they messed something up, and we don't know what. Like, but they sent her eight dollars. She's like afraid to deposit it because she thinks it's a scam. Uh, I mean, yeah, eight dollars. I don't know. I'd probably eat the eight bucks. Well, then nothing bad can happen. You just take a picture and put it in your bank account. But she thinks it's a scam, and I'm like, how are they going to scam you? What are, What are they going to do? You're going to put eight dollars in your account, and suddenly they're going to steal all your money? It's not going to happen. So I don't know. But checks are that scary now for for you know. Millennials. But again, you can take the picture. But okay, in all seriousness, you went to college with somebody, right? And you're trying to set them up with a golf pro. You don't need to walk up to them with a little piece of paper and say, hey, Mike, 
write your phone number down on this. You got a cell phone. Just get them to put it into your phone. Well, and if I don't you don't know if have you have a cell phone him, on the field when you're walking off, though. I don't know if you're okay. carrying your cell phone around. Can you not get in contact with Mike Evans any other way? Did it need to I be? Hey, I mean, based on my experience trying to get a hold of anyone to get on this show, yeah, it might be better just to get their <laughs> phone number on a piece of paper. I don't believe either of these stories. Well, then what could it I don't have been? Know. I don't know what happened, but I don't believe either one of these stories. Neither one makes uh, any I sense. I think the, I mean, I think the golf pro excuse is a lot more sensible than, like you said, the autograph. The autograph, so, like you said, where would you put that? Yeah, okay, what would be here's, the point of that? Here's what it is. He signed this little slip of paper because this referee is going to go to a tattoo artist and get Mike Evans' signature tattooed on okay. his body. Now you're really going out on the line. <laughs> All right. The so golf I'll, lesson now makes it even more sense. I will ask you yesterday's question of the day during Jared's dumb questions, but there is something that's kind of like nice about the like it would be very romantic at least to me that like the referee is just like, "Hey, we went to the same college. Can I get your autograph?" Like there's oh, something they both went to A&M. Yeah, there's something to me that's kind of sweet about that, almost <laughs> like kind of naive, but no, also no, I I got it. No, no, sorry to cut you off, Jared. I know what it is. They both went to Texas A&M. Uh, the referee was getting Mike Evans to sign a check that they would use yes, to get the yes. buyout of Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> hey, hey, see, there's a check. Hey, hey Mike, I yep. need to talk to you over here. Um, uh, yeah, we're trying to get rid of Jimbo. Uh, do you got a pin? <laughs> that, that's what happened. Yep. I nope. We've figured it out here. They're getting rid of Jimbo Fisher, and they need like ninety million dollars to get his buyout done. So they got us every A and M alum that makes any kind of money. They're like, all right. Send us a check. And Mike Evans was like, yep, I'll do that. So I think we figured it out. And they somehow came up with this ridiculous golf story to cover for the fact that they're trying well, to get Well, if they came up of. with it, I'd like to meet the person because he's pretty creative. It is. It's a I fun mean, it's, it's a, a really line. creative story in the golf. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've heard the saying, if you're going to lie, you got to kind of include an embarrassing detail or something that's really specific so that people are like, ah, oh, well, he wouldn't be lying if he said that. That's the key to a good lie. And that's what they did here. They're just trying to get rid of Jimbo Fisher. You know, he kept squirting through there. and The Yankees are bringing back Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone, according to SNY. Um, Brian Cashman's contract, the general manager, it is up. But Hal Steinbrenner is expected to offer him a contract. He has been the GM since 1998. Obviously, the Yankees were very, very good at the beginning of his tenure. Uh, they have not been to a World Series, though, in, what is it, a decade, I believe? Um, but on Aaron Boone, he still has a contract for next season, so it's not like they're deciding on to give him a new one or not. It's just bringing him, not firing him is basically the answer there. The Yankees have made the playoffs every single year under Aaron Boone. Obviously, they haven't been in the World Series, but they've been in the playoffs every single year, and they've won uh, at least 90 games in every year that wasn't COVID-shortened, and they've won at least 100 games in two of the four non-COVID-shortened seasons. I know they've struggled in the playoffs, but, like, the idea, the entitlement of Yankees and Dodger fans to just, uh, like, we got to get rid of everybody after winning 99 games just because we didn't win the World Series is ridiculous. Well, not when you lose to the pods in four. It's ridiculous, Ed. The Yankees got swept by the Astros. They can't beat that team in the playoffs, and it's still ridiculous to think you got to fire everybody. Not everybody. I I mean, Cashman, that's a long time, even though, like you said, they were really good when he started. That is a long time to hold that job, especially in that town with that team. But and it, but again, it's not like they've been awful. 
They just haven't been amazing, and that's, I guess, the issue. And hell, I'd even argue they have been amazing. The amount of teams that would trade places with the Yankees over the last five years, like, what, it's the Astros and Dodgers are one, two, and then it's like the Yankees. Like, it, they're ridiculous how good they've been over the last five years, and they want to get rid of Aaron Boone for it. You sense any give up in the locker room? Hell no. What kind of questions I have, Phil? I love the Phil. Titans' new stadium looks like it's going to be designed by the I same company that designed Allegiant Stadium. Um, Ed, do you think the Titans' renderings for their new stadium is a good-looking stadium? Let me see here. I'm looking at it. I like the inside. The outside looks more like a corporation than a stadium. It looks like more like a uh, tech corporation. Than, it does. It's than, ooh, than, yeah. I like the inside. I, I like would the even, inside looks good. I'd go a little bit further. Not necessarily a tech corporation, but like one of those outside malls that are very popular yeah, now, it where just, it's like it's got like a lot of high end restaurants. I don't like the outside. But like the inside is nice. Ed, the inside is just a Legion Stadium. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. It's boring. It's terrible. I mean, I like. I see. I like a Legion Stadium. You don't. I thought you literally said the first time you came back from SoFi. That's SoFi. I no, I came back. I, no, SoFi, I, I think it's on a different level. The one thing I didn't like about Allegiant Stadium, and to this day I still don't, is the acoustics and the sound. I don't mind how it looks. Uh, you go to a lot of events there. You saw BTI there. BTI. Uh, BTS, yeah. BTS. Uh, the, the inside of Allegiant Stadium is lifeless. There is a lot of wires hanging from the ceiling that I'm like a it, little concerned about. Like, here's the thing about Allegiant Stadium. It's a perfectly fine stadium. For it to be cost $2 billion and be one of the two newest stadiums in the NFL, it kind of sucks. Like, SoFi, Minnesota, like, every other new stadium is well, looks great, is phenomenal. And ours, it kind of sucks. We just, we built an average NFL think, stadium for $2 billion. I, st I still don't mind how the stadium looks, but I don't know. Can you compare? I don't, look, I don't think anything's comparative to SoFi. And what was that? $4 billion? Was that twice as much? I think it was 5.1 if you yeah, include I mean, all the stuff around. Yeah, you got to do a lot around. for 5.1 billion. Now, I will agree with you. Um, was at the Super Bowl there, and I was there with the Raiders when they played at the Vikings. Uh, is it U.S. Bank? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm missing I think the so, name. Yeah. yeah. That is a beautiful stadium. Yeah. That is and a we, beautiful stadium. We got a stadium that's just fine, and the Titans are apparently going to get the same one, except they have I don't like the outside ball. of the, the Titans. That doesn't I, even look like a stadium. Well, I, I mean, ours I looks like a Roomba. I think that makes me like it more that it kind of doesn't look like but it a looks stadium. like a I don't know like, or a, I guess it, it depends like a college? on it, it looks like it would fit into some sort of downtown better than most stadiums like you'd walk by and be like oh what's that oh it's the Tennessee Titan Stadium but I I don't know I'm not in love with it but it might it might fit better with wherever they're trying to actually put that I don't know but we built a brand new stadium the Titans are going to do so too and the inside's going to be inside eh, just fine. and the roof Look exactly the same. Oh, it's the same. The, it's the same thing. They just changed the, the colors and took out the flame. That's all they did. <laughs> Are the lanai doors there that never opened? Remember that the lanai I doors. I think they are. Are, are you looking they, at this picture? I'm looking there's at this picture. Two, it does look like there's boards. doors under the Tennessee sign yeah. in the in the background. I'm pretty sure they're going to have the same lanai doors, and maybe they'll open them in Nashville, but not here. <laughs> Was Mac Jones healthy enough to play the entire game last night? Yeah, well. That, that didn't happen, so that's another hypothetical question. As you move forward, if, if he's healthy, Bill, is he? Is it fair to say if he's healthy, he's the starter? Uh, again, th that's a hypothetical question, so let's let's see 
you know, where that is and <laughs> what that is. <laughs> He's the best. So Bill Belichick uh, <laughs> refusing to name a starting quarterback. Um, he says that he planned to play both Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi on Monday night, but Bailey, uh, Bailey Zappi said he did not know that. Uh, so Bill Belichick didn't share that plan with anybody. But the ultimate stat line, Mac Jones threw all of six passes in that game. Zappi came in, was 14-22 for 185, but threw two interceptions. Uh, surely they have to go back to Mac Jones, right? Well, was this like a college situation locally? That's what it sounds like, right? Who plays two quarterbacks in the NFL and, like, scripts it that we're going to do that? You know, like, um, Harrison, you get the second series. You know, Zappi, you get the third series. This was weird that that, that the Patriots did this, and they actually planned it. Yeah. It's not the NFL. Right. I don't quite understand it. I don't think I believe Bill Belichick when he says that. but I I don't don't either. I mean, that's a hypothetical. He's not answering that. That's fair. I just it seems very weird to do that. And then but here's the thing, Mac Jones was a first round pick for the Patriots last year. And Mac Jones had a pretty solid rookie season. There was no oh he's, you know, an MVP level quarterback, but he was a solid quarterback last year. And you're telling me that they're going to bench him for Bailey Zappi cuz Bailey Zappi has made like six good throws in two games. It just to me it seems like you you have to go back to Mac Jones and at least let him play this have season a as the starter. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if he sucks, he sucks. But like, you can't. I don't think. I don't feel like. I feel like giving up on him now would be stupid, right, given what right. we saw last year. Yes. And Bailey Zappi hasn't looked good enough that he's a. It's a must-start situation. I don't know. It just seems like they're somehow mishandling a very obvious quarterback situation with Mac Jones. So Lindsay made a really good point yesterday that the New England fans, the reason they like Zappy is they're like, it's another Brady. It's another Brady. We didn't. He's a <laughs> oh, late yeah, round pick. I think he's coming out of nowhere. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You'd be a late round pick and up, you know, usurp whoever the quarterback is. I guess it just seems kind of stupid that you do that. Let him wait a year. He can, take over in the offseason all right coming up next we'll jump into some nba because guys that were used to being hurt are hurt again live from the finley toyota espn las vegas studios this is the press box with grady and bischoff clay thompson got ejected last night it's off to a slow um, start clay thompson yeah, and he was like, he wasn't shooting very well last night either. Um, so he and Devin Booker got double technicals. They sort of did the whole go chest to chest, yell in each other's face thing, and the ref separated them, gave them both technical fouls. But then, as they were, whatever, still walking to the bench afterwards, Clay Thompson started yelling, I think, at the referee, Ed Malloy, and Ed Malloy hit him with a second technical foul. And threw him out of the game. And Ed Malloy was very excited to throw somebody out of the game. <laughs> um, and then Clay, who got ejected, is now walking off the court and is still yelling at Devin Booker. Devin Booker said after the game that Clay Thompson just kept telling him that he had four rings, um, which, all right, cool. Um, what what the hell? Like, what happened here? We, it, it, October 25th. We're not even a, They're going like a into it, huh? The, the way Phoenix yeah. is playing? Well, yeah. What are we doing here? Like that—that that seems fairly absurd for that to happen this early in the season. Over, I did, did, like nothing happened other than that. I mean, they were apparently talking to each other all game, but it's not like they caught a lot of technicals. 
Yeah, it's but it's not like there was a a like fight no. before this. It was just them that literally they just verbally were yelling at each other so much that Clay Thompson <laughs> got ejected. Eddie Malloy, loving that. Oh, they love so, throwing him out. In the third quarter last night of that game, the refs called seventeen personal fouls and six, and six technical fouls. <laughs> I don't know. Is it a little? Uh, Phoenix is playing so well, and Golden State's the defending champs, and there's already a little. Um, Com- competition? I'm not sure. Are you, are you that worried about it if you're the Golden State Warriors this early? I in the can't season? believe you are. Like I don't. Yeah, you'd just be like, yeah, it's October. Congrats, guys. You guys are playing. Like I don't know. It just seems ridiculous that that would be the the reason why. And by the way, is it? How many times can you yell, "I've got four rings and you have zero before it gets old? Ooh, probably a lot though. You especially think so? when especially when the guy has zero. Because I mean, here's I don't the thing. Know. He was still yelling that the whole four rings thing as, as he left the court. He's been ejected, and right. he's just yelling across the court. At that point, I think it's pretty old. At that point, it's like, all right, we we got it, Clay. Yeah, you've had a great career, but you just got ejected from the game for telling us that over <laughs> and over. I wonder what I wonder what precipitated it though. Again, yeah, that's I mean, what, what I don't. What, got these guys going so well. I I didn't watch the game. Did you watch the game? Did something happen in terms of how they were playing or did someone get in someone's face after a, a dunk or something? Like what what led to these guys getting so mad that guys are getting teed up and, and ejected just for John at each other? It was on one of my three TVs. I was paying more attention to the Golden Knights game, but I didn't see anything. Didn't see anything on Twitter either because normally you get ejected. We'll see like a bunch of videos of like, ah, in right. the first quarter, Clay Thompson grabbed Devin Booker's arm while they went up for a rebound or something. Right, and said and, something. Right, yes. but no, it, not, nothing. Is, they were just yelling at each other. Got, Clay Thompson got ejected. What if there's it. history here? I don't remember there being any history between them. Not like well, this. After... Um, after the game, Devin Booker said something to the extent of, yeah, Clay and I get along, but it doesn't, you know, prevent us from yelling at each other while we play. And I'm like, damn, what's wrong with you two? So I thoroughly, I don't know. I enjoyed that, even though uh, maybe Clay Thompson shouldn't be ejected for yelling I have four rings over and over, but maybe he said a little bit more than that. Um, now, other NBA news. Uh, Zion Williamson missed Tuesday's game. He left the Pelicans game on Sunday with a hip injury and then didn't play in the very next one. Zion Williamson, I think it's 145 games he's missed in his four-year career here we go. already. Is this here we go again? It's it's hard not to think that, right? It's hard not to assume that he's Zion, yeah. right, that he's this a, is step one of Zion playing like 25 games this year. Brandon Ingram, uh, you can't get you can't get on him. He was in concussion protocol, but I agree with you about Zion. I think Zion's lost the benefit of the doubt. I think he's lost the benefit of doubt when it comes to stuff, and it was more the hip and the derriere area uh, that he uh, that he got hurt in. But I, I mean, I, I don't know when they play next. But again, I'll be surprised if he comes back very soon because it's just he's lost the benefit of the doubt. And here's the incredible part: the Pelicans, without Brandon Ingram and without Zion Williamson, still, still won, beat the Mavericks. Yeah, and eight different Pelicans scored in double figures. And I know I got way too excited and carried away after one game of the season, but like they have legitimate NBA depth. I don't know if they have the legitimate star power in Ingram and Zion Williamson to be a true contender, contender but they have great depth. And if, if Ingram and Zion are actually healthy, 
the Pelicans are, are probably yeah. going to be a team that can go on a run in the postseason. Again, probably not the good enough star power to win. Didn't we see that last year, though? At the end of last year, you're like, boy, that team in the next few yeah. years could really make a serious run at it. Yeah, they played well at the end of last year and then into the postseason. And that's something, again, you got to have Ingram and Zion Williamson healthy. And then even even when you have that, the Warriors' top-end talent is is going to be better. And whether it's the Sixers, the the the, the Celtics Bucks. or the Bucks out of the East, you're not going to most likely you're not going to win the title, but it, it does feel like there's, there's a lot of really, really good pieces there and an almost good enough star power to win something. But is Zion going to actually play? Like, yeah. That's the biggest question for this organization. All right. Let me ask some, what already is going on with Kawhi Leonard? Paul <sighs> George also didn't play last night. I don't know why maybe they're managing him or giving him a night off, but Kawhi's played two or four games, 20 and 21 minutes. This is, and now maybe it's real early in the season and, you know, they want to manage him and, you know, have him ready for the playoffs and all that, but I think it's worrisome. Uh, I really right, do. Right knee management was yeah, the listed I think reason it's worrisome. for Kawhi not playing. Uh, coming off the ACL injury, so that's that's the management part of this knee. But, right, you're, we're looking at four games in, and Kawhi played Leonard has played, yeah, 41 minutes in yeah. four games. I think if you're the Clippers, I think your objective here is has very little to do with what Kawhi Leonard does in the regular season. I think your objective here is that when you get to the playoffs, game one of the playoffs, Kawhi Leonard is ready to play 38 minutes. Yeah, I think if you're the Clippers, that's your goal. I don't know if right knee management in October is the best way to do it. It might be. Like, you play the guy just a few minutes here and there, give him a lot of days off, and then, hey, once you get into March and April, you start ramping up how much he's playing. But I think that's the objective is, hey, we don't care about that. We don't even care if we lose a couple of spots in the standings because of it. Kawhi does not need to play a ton of minutes. Kawhi doesn't even need to play a ton of games as long as he's ready to go for 38 minutes in game one of the playoffs. And if they get that, the Clippers can win the NBA title. Yeah. But like Zion, we talk about benefit of the doubt, Maybe Kawhi's lost it too. I mean, maybe there's a level of this where it's like, ah, no, maybe. it's not his first for not his first injury, right? And there's, you know, he's done the load management before, and it still didn't lead to him staying healthy. Right. So I think, like Zion Williamson, there's a lot of the same sort of like, ah, you, uh, you probably don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. And until we see it, until we see a consistent, hey, there's Kawhi Leonard every night playing 35 minutes. It's kind of a fair question to ask: What are they going to get out of Kawhi Leonard in the postseason? All right, coming up next. Jason Fetz joins the show. Zach got himself in so much trouble. Pats quarterbacks are on the bubble. Billy B's pissed off. Packers season sitting on the brinking. Colts fans are just sitting drinking. Hope's already lost. The Jags are breaking hearts again. The Browns can't seem to buy a win. But why? Joining us now from ESPN and TikTok, apparently, Jason Fitz. Good morning, Jason. What was that? You know, I just I decided this year that I needed to 
express the misery of fandom in songs. So every week I do a song for all the teams that lost. You know, nice. It was nice for once to not do a song that involves the Raiders. So it felt good. You know, usually some weeks you can tell, like some weeks that that's kind of an uplifting little ditty, right? Like because I was in a good mood. But then uh, when the Raiders blew the lead to the Cardinals that week, I had people checking on me after the song. They're like, song was a little dark this week. Everything okay? So, you know, things go, the, the song goes as my Sunday goes. Oh, boy. Um, all right. I do have an important uh, sort of message slash question to ask you. Uh, you know, if uh, somebody named Fernando on Twitter starts yelling at you when you come on our show, uh, I appreciate you engaging because Fernando is our absolute best listener slash Twitter troll that we have. Well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, always remember, I grew up a fat kid that played the violin. So there's nothing that somebody on Twitter can say to me that was more mean than what sixth grade girls said to me. So look, <laughs> Fernando, you got to come bigger than that, right? So this whole, and, and the fact is, like, I'm all in for trolling. I just like smart trolling. And I'll say this to Fernando and to everyone else that listens. Just because you worked for somebody, like, I worked for the band Perry. It doesn't mean that my songs are band Perry songs. I work now for ESPN. Mike Golick Jr., for example, worked for ESPN for years. He now works for DraftKings. That doesn't mean that he's ESPN West now that he's moved to L.A. So <laughs> the narrative that the Raiders have anything to do with the Patriots and Patriots West is lazy fandom. It's ignorant fandom. And if, uh, if your trolls want to come with that, at least do better. Like, Patriots West is, is not well thought out. It's like a Halloween costume that you got that nobody's impressed with. That's what it is. So, you know, I was hoping for better, but, you know, they just keep going back to the Patriots West thing, which just shows an overall level of ignorance. It's not worth engaging with. Yeah, that was – Patriots West was very early on when they got hired. You know, the, yeah. the, the insinuation that that's what they were going to be. Which, by the way, all this team has done since they got hired is invest money in star players, which the Patriots do. They don't run an offense that looks anything like what the Patriots do as an offense, and they haven't shown you any indication that the front office is doing the same thing. They brought over players they're comfortable with, sure. That's what every new regime does is they try and implement whatever they're going to be. They bring over players they know that know their system because that gives you faster success. But, I mean, Patriots West, it's just it's, it's uninformed. I mean, it'd be better. All right. Uh, you live in Nashville, whatever, half the year. Uh, what do you think of the renderings of the new Titan Stadium? Very Nashville uh, in the sense that the stadium doesn't look like a stadium. It looks like, you know, a wannabe really trendy building that's not going to look as trendy in 20 years. That's what Nashville, like for anyone that was down there for the Raiders game in Nashville a few weeks ago, you know, that, that whole lower Broadway area when I moved to Nashville in 96, 97, uh, it was Tootsie's was doing less than five hundred dollars a day and was on the verge of closing, and you know it's now it's doing you know, five digits a day, so it's a, if not six on some. So it's amazing how they've changed that area out, but they've made everything neon. Like the the the, the nickname of Nash Vegas is kind of appropriate because what Nashville has decided to do is rip down everything that has any history and replace it with something that feels fresh and modern, which has been very good for the development of parts of the city, but. I mean, to me, it looks a lot like the soccer stadium they just built, which is a really nice soccer stadium. But I don't know that I could tell the difference between a trendy open food like market area that has what 20 different say? restaurants or that stadium. It's exactly what Jared said. It looked like one of those mall food areas. Yeah, 100 percent. And look, a part of it is a redesign around what they're going to put with the stadium. They're going to put housing and apartments and bars, and they're going to build something on the other side of the river that they think will attract uh, people. And why not? Like, 
I mean, the, the line to get into all of the bars on any given Saturday night is hundreds of people long, so why not build more bars, right? It makes sense. But I just feel like, like so much when you go, it, it, it's not timeless enough to be timeless. It's not classic at all. So in 15 years, it's just going to feel like another, you know, so, semi-used-to-be trendy building. Uh, did you see the story about Magic Johnson potentially buying an ownership stake in the Raiders? Yeah, which I also think is not a huge – like, look, it's, it's an influx of cash and you bring in a minority owner, but it's not like that means Mark Davis is selling the team. I mean, I think there's there's a point where the presumption – and I was part of this. Let me be the first to admit. I, I The first time I ever heard the rumor years ago from a buddy that had covered the team in Oakland that the Raiders were considering Vegas, I laughed. And I was like, there's no way Mark Davis pulls that off. All Mark Davis has done is move to a different location, increase the valuation tenfold on his pro, on his team, and also got a stadium built for free. So you look across the board, like Mark Davis has figured out how to make money without money, which is really alarmingly smart for somebody. So, you know, I, I look at it and say, if your valuation now is in the billions and you have a chance to sell some of that to take some of the cash today, I don't think that, that's the worst business. I do it. So I don't think it's a, any huge wholesale shift to the Raiders, but it's a, it's a good moment for Magic Johnson, who's going to continue to, you know, put money in everything that he thinks can make him money. The NFL is a moneymaker. If you're rich, you want in. So however you can get in, you'll take it. All right. Can Josh Jacobs keep this up? I think this is by the, the, the most stunning thing of the NFL season for the Raiders is that Josh Jacobs is running so well. And, and I mean, it is, it's alarming. He's running angry. Uh, it, it's, a, it's somebody that obviously he's mad that he didn't get that option picked up and he wants to prove the team wrong every week. And it's the method to success. We said that together a few weeks ago when they first really committed to it, that, hey, this might be the identity of the Raiders. I think it is the identity. And, yeah, he can keep it up. The, the amazing stat to me out of last week was the yards before contact, but it was the best of his career, right? So you've got an offensive line that, you know, I, I talked to one of my buddies that used to play in the NFL about offensive line play that works for ESPN, and I asked him what's the key to getting combinations together when you've had 11 combinations. And he said, find the one thing they're comfortable with and do it incredibly well. I think that's what the Raiders have done here, too. It's not just Jacobs. I think they found the one thing that no matter who they've got on that offensive line, they know that they can do certain run blocks really well. So they're letting the guys go to the well until somebody figures out how to stop it. It's making the offensive line more comfortable. It makes play action more dangerous, which gives them more time to throw the ball. Like It's a really smart approach in changing what you were offensively to make sure that you now play to the strengths of what this team can do. Who should be buying who dinner, Josh Jacobs and Colton Miller? <laughs> I think Josh Jacobs should be buying Colton Miller dinner because Josh Jacobs is going to get a massive deal out of this from somebody. Like, he's going to get paid. And, and look, I, I think any concept that the Raiders aren't going to consider franchising him, I think, uh, would also have to be revisited, right? So, you know, if, if you're the Raiders and he runs this hard, might as well see if you can do a short-term deal or if you can uh, turn around and franchise him. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And if they don't, somebody will. I mean, Running backs don't have a ton of long-term value, but short-term, they have enough value. And he could end up being the second or third leading rusher in the NFL by the end of the year. That will have value to somebody. So, yeah, Josh Jacobs should be buying everybody dinner because he's going to be getting paid in a few months. They have actually outscored opponents, lost four games by a combined, like, 14 points. What you saw the other day, is that what you expect more of as this schedule kind of softens a bit? I mean, is this, was that the team the other day you kind of felt like, okay, this team can win some games now? Yeah, and look, I don't think the Raiders are going to be as good as their record will show over the next month. I don't think they were as bad as their record was in the first month. They're, they're somewhere in the middle of it. Uh, it's, it's pretty alarming when you think of how little we've had Renfro, Adams, and Waller on the field together, right? And even in that process, 
We've had wild offensive line changes. What we saw in the second half was a team that, you know, when they're patient and they just take what's there, they're going to win football games. The only problem is pace of play. You know, something we talk about a lot in the NBA, we don't talk a lot about in the NFL. If you look back at the first half, the Raiders had four possessions. If you don't score every possession in some way, shape, or form, when you're only going to have three or four possessions a half, you are going to have tight football games. So I, I do wonder if they're going to have to pick up the urgency a little bit in some fa- form or fashion because most teams won't fall apart in the fourth quarter the way the Texans did. But there's no reason in my mind to think that the Saints will present a challenge. And the Jags can do some things better than their record indicates, but I think the Jags are also a beatable football team. So I still maintain that the Raiders are about to get themselves to 500. Then we're going to have to find out if they're any good. I, I mean, the weird thing about the AFC is other than the Chiefs, the Bills, I would put the Bengals in this category as well as they're playing the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure anybody's that good. So the Jets certainly aren't as good as their record. I'm not scared of the Dolphins. The Steelers stink. The Ravens fall apart in the fourth quarter. The Chargers are hurt all over the place. So, like, I, we, we went into this year thinking a great team would miss the playoffs. I'm now thinking that a mediocre team is going to make the playoffs. <laughs> all right, before we let you go, we are giving away Elton John tickets today. Do you have an Elton John huh. story? Yeah, so we did a song that was on a tribute record for Elton John, and uh, he called Neil Perry, one of the three Perrys of the band Perry, he called Neil to say thank you. And I was standing next to Neil when the call came in, and, you know, he, uh, he picked up, Neil picked up the phone, and it was on speakerphone, and we heard the voice, and he said, hey, is this Neil? And he said, yes, and he said, this is Sir Elton John. And Neil laughed and hung up because he was like, no, nah, I'm not taking that. <laughs> that. It was a joke. And then our manager called us at the time. It was like, no, Elton John is trying to call you right now to say thank you. <laughs> and we had no idea. So uh, I'll always remember, you know, Neil Perry in his early 20s sitting there playing a video game, hanging up on Elton John. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Well, he is Jason Fitz <laughs> from ESPN. Jason, as always, we appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, and I might have to figure out a way to win those Elton John tickets. You want to talk about a show you got to see. Y'all have a great week. See ya. Thanks, Jason. So there's Jason Fitz on ESPN making TikTok songs about uh, the NFL teams that lost and also hanging up on or being around people that hang up on, on Elton Sir Elton John. John. Sound? I mean, if I got a call and it was, hey, this is Elton John, I'd probably hang up on him too. I guess maybe if I wrote a tribute cover song of some no, sort, I it think might you, be a little I think more. you'd hang on I just think to see. You, would go, you, you might not believe it. <laughs> but you'd probably hang on. All right. Coming up next, we're going to get, unfortunately, go to Jared's dumb questions. But first, we got Golden Knights tickets to give away to take on the Winnipeg Jets on Sunday, October 30th. And we've got a pair of tickets for you. 702-364-1100 is the phone number if you want to go see the Golden Knights play Winnipeg on Sunday. 702-364-1100. Be caller number eight right now. We had so many uh, just mental errors and mistakes it's just it's not the kind of football we're used to playing over the years you know uh there have been there have definitely been games you know four or five seasons where we average you know four five six maybe seven at the most kind of mental errors or missed assignments per week and you know, some weeks you have like four you know two sometimes uh this week you know it's well, this season a lot more than that every single week you know it's double digits every single week you're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. It's unfortunate that we're doing this, but it's time for Jared's dumb questions. Don't you have imaging for this? I mean, I didn't. So it was a longer break. So I uh, I wanted to I, I just wanted to kind of get into it. 
Okay, go ahead. What dumb? Uh, all right. Well, the first have, dumb please. question I have is uh, more or less just uh, how you feeling? How, how's your gentleman's area? Uh, pretty good after the vasectomy. Not too bad. I, to be completely honest, the worst part so far has been uh, my throat because they apparently stuck a tube down my throat when I was knocked out. And yesterday I tried to eat and it, it was tough. I had to go to soup and a milkshake because my throat was hurting. Okay, that is not that is an unexpected side effect. It is? Of getting yes. they, shoved, they shoved tubes down your throat? I mean, they, they knocked me completely out. Right, like, this right. was full anesthesia, and right. the anesthesiologist was like, yeah, um, we are going to put a throat down, or a, a tube down your throat to keep the airway open, so when you, you wake up, your throat might be a little sore. And I was like, okay. And then it was like the worst part of yesterday was my throat was just killing me trying to eat anything. All right. Well. Yeah, sounds good. Let me give you yesterday's question of the day. It was uh, Ed came up with this, and so I'm stealing it for Jared's dumb questions. The refs, before we learned the weird explanation that we think may be partially true, are, you know, firing Jimbo Fisher. We posed the question, who would you be willing to, alive or dead, go get an autograph or a selfie with that would jeopardize your career? Ed went with Ernest Hemingway. I don't know how it would jeopardize his career, but that's who he went with. I went with W.E.B. Du Bois, and who did Lindsay go with? First of all, she said nobody because she didn't want to jeopardize oh, her career. Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt. Danny went with Beyonce. No, okay. no, I thought no. Charles went with Beyonce. Oh, Charles went with Beyonce. Charles McDonald went. Yeah, Beyonce. Charles. Charles did the assignment yeah. correctly. And Danny went with. I can't remember. Danny we, it, Smith. I, I didn't even know Danny's last name was Smythe. Never mind that. Never mind who he went with. I just kept calling him Danny Smith. <laughs> I just thought it was spelled weird. He's like, no, it's Smythe. I'm like, well, you're Smith to me because I refuse to call you Smythe. So, okay. So hold on. Before I answer this, I'm confused. Did any of you name someone that would jeopardize your careers? I mean, mine was a pretty controversial figure in his day and died in 1974, so it'd be a weird selfie. But what, how would Beyonce jeopardize Charles McDonald's career? How would Eleanor Roosevelt jeopardize Lindsay's career? I'm, I'm confused here. Eleanor Roosevelt's kind of a feminist icon. If you're if you if you're the opposite of feminism, that might be something that. And I could have gotten into a brawl that I would have I would have lost in one punch because Hemingway would have punched me off the bar stool. Like so. okay, would, when you say jeopardize your career, like that to me is like oh, I took a selfie with the leader of the KKK. Okay, so Tyler, why are you taking a picture with the leader of the KKK? And remember my people's Like, oh, you can struggles. go back in time. Oh, I took a picture with Hitler. Like, that's jeopardizing your career. None of you answered the question. I, I just, I, I mean, I've tried to, I don't. Like, you guys just named famous people that you can take a picture with. All right, fine. Next dumb question. I no, just, he didn't even name anybody. Well, he doesn't like the question, and I want to get to this. I the, just the question's fine. You guys just didn't yeah, answer name it somebody. yesterday. What, is you there anybody? Did, is there anybody you would do? That I take a selfie with anybody, but that would jeopardize my career? I don't know. Would Kanye West jeopardize my career? It might right I now. I mean, it would definitely make me not happy. <laughs> don't ask me. I kept calling him Yee. 
He did keep calling him me. <laughs> All right, quickly, we have a little over a minute left. I just sent you a picture of a supplement. It was part of like a gift bag a uh, client gave me yesterday. When somebody gives you that, what does that like? Should you be like thanks, or should you be like who told? <laughs> okay, so this is called Steel Libido Red Magnum Blood Flow, and there's a picture of two, um, some kind of nut, and there's a water droplet coming out of those nuts. Um, that is quite the visual on this. My favorite is works to tonight. You? Who gave it to you? Um, it was a, the, the gentleman who does our health food show on another station. He also got me some great probiotics and some, like, sleep aids. Like, everything else made sense. And then I got to this, and I was like, what are you – did somebody, like, leave me a bad review? <laughs> Have you been giving out too much information, Jared? Ten seconds. This is, this is Steel Libido Red, Magnum Blood Flow. And you're right. It says Hi. at the top works tonight in case you were worried about building up to this <laughs>